Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right. We are the new definition of color commentary, and today I'm doing something that I've never done uh, since the show started. We're doing today a Sunday special, and normally I wouldn't do a show on Sunday because I would consider that a Sabbath day. Uh, the Lord's Day and I would just simply take a rest from the show and be back with everybody on a Monday but given what's happened this week I don't think I could stay out of this one uh, as much as I'm not liking the idea of working a Sunday but there's just way too much to get to I mean just last Sunday I was on my way back from Texas back to home base here in Florida after a pretty good time over at CPAC Texas in Dallas it was a pretty darn good time there were some bumps along the way but I tried you know you try to make the best of a bad situation when you're doing either live video or live audio but I get back you know got back late uh, last Sunday night I get up get ready to uh, get back into the swing of things uh, on a Monday and what do you know all hell breaks loose down at Mar-a-Lago and I thought oh boy okay it looks like I know what I'm doing all week <laughs> so anyway before we get into some of that and there was news that also happened during the week that wasn't Mar-a-Lago related and that I w didn't have much of a chance to get to uh, so that's kind of what today is all about. Just catching up from some of the stuff that caught my interest, but I'm afraid had to take sort of second spittle uh, because of everything going on with the whole Mar-a-Lago mess. Um, but before I get into today's special, just wanted to, uh, of course, let you know, and I do apologize because I did have... Uh, I had to replace one of my microphones, uh, so there hasn't really been an audio uh, podcast until today, but I got a brand new microphone, life is pretty good, and we're just getting back into the swing of things. So, But we did do a lot more video uh, podcasts, and you can find them on our Rumble page uh, at inblackandright.net. Also, if you want to send us email... You can certainly do so at inblackandright at gmail.com. Questions, comments, hate mail, heck, you know, I get it all. So I don't really worry about it. But, but folks, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Of course, the whole world is talking about what happened last week. Or actually, this earlier this week. It happened on a Monday. Uh, down at Trump's estate in Palm Beach at Mar-a-Lago. Oh man, that was a full-on mess. And I commented on a lot of the goings-on uh, on the video on In Black and White Live on Rumble. So yeah, that was there was a lot going on. But apparently now, as the weekend is here, 
and just about over with, we've got some new uh, interesting things that have happened. Uh, sort of little twists here and there. Um, from just the news, uh, Trump accuses FBI of taking privileged material and says that the raid was a form of election cheating. Now, of course, getting into the whole thing of the DOJ said, the FBI said, versus Trump and his team said, you know, but apparently Trump went on Truth Social and said, and I say, quote, oh great, it has just been learned that the FBI in its now famous raid of Mar-a-Lago took boxes of privileged attorney-client material and also executive privileged material which they knowingly should not have taken. By the copy of this truth, I respectfully request that these documents be immediately returned to the location from which they were taken. Thank you. Well, that was rather nice. You know, not the usual Trump going for the haymaker style, but given what we know about the FBI in recent years and the Department of Injustice, is this really too much of a stretch saying that they took documents that they know they shouldn't have because they come under attorney-client privilege or they come under executive privilege? Not really. And, of course, we had earlier this week on Thursday, Merrick Garland and his famous less-than-five-minute pontificating and preaching to the Washington Press Corps, and then he pulls a Joe Biden and turns around and leaves, takes no questions or anything. But he did take responsibility for approving the raid, which, by the way, is a big lie right there because it contradicts a story that came out last this well, this past Tuesday in Newsweek saying that senior Department of Justice officials uh, didn't take responsibility for the raid. It was 100% the FBI, and now... Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, our nation's top law enforcement officer, pretty much contradicted the story. He took personal, uh, took personal responsibility, which is really weird for most leftists, taking responsibility for anything. But Garland, and then of course come Friday, then came Marjorie Taylor Greene filing articles of impeachment against Merrick Garland and I'm going and I just got a copy of the official uh, documents uh, for his impeachment filing and I will be putting them up on in black and out in black and right dot net uh, they'll be pretty easy to find and yeah so that's going to be really fun to do uh, so I mean there's a lot going on this thing is anywhere far from over. It's nowhere close to being concluded because now when we find out that he is, that President Trump is being investigated apparently and they're looking, you know, for, it, it's kind of like evidence in search of a crime. They're going to want to try to <laughs> catch him in the act, you know, of violating either the Presidential Records Act or the Espionage Act. Frankly, it's a joke, and a very cruel joke. 
because the raid was unwarranted. No, I wouldn't, shouldn't say unwarranted. Oh, God, forgive me for that one. It was unnecessary. It was unconstitutional and unprecedented. Number one. Number two. Really? You want to try and indict President Trump and convict him of the Espionage Act or the Presidential Records Act to try to stop him? Seriously? It's already bad enough that the FBI and the DOJ have serious credibility problems when it comes to that sort of thing. Does anybody remember the name Hillary Clinton? Uh, anybody remember 33,000 bleach-bitted emails that were subpoenaed by Congress? Many of them had top secret, classified, or special access project designations. So, and she didn't have her home rated. I mean, of course, there was the infamous server that was found. Uh, and, oh my gosh, that... I mean, yeah, you could go down that history and go down that road real easy. But her home was never raided by the FBI. Uh, she was never indicted for anything. And that super patriot, sanctimonious piece of crap former FBI Director James Comey, uh, yeah, tall, tall, dark, and pretty much sanctimonious. No, thank you. So this is going to have a whole, not just a can of worms open, it's going to have a whole stinking barrel of worms open. A whole stinking barrel. Because already, already, still, <laughs> there are um, all kinds of whistleblowers that are coming out from the FBI to members of Congress. Another story from Just the News. And frankly, I would rather, you know, Just the News. John Solomon is a five-star investigative journalist. And I would trust him a whole hell of a lot more than I would trust anybody in the Brandon administration regime, whatever you want to call it. But on August 11th, they updated the story and the headline, Whistleblowers Revealed Widespread FBI Misconduct Ahead of the Trump Raid. Hmm. Here's, now that's an interesting little piece. Now this is talking about, and I'll read just a little bit of this because it, it's crazy. But anyway, uh, prior to the FBI's raid Monday on former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate, a string of whistleblower reports alleged that senior officials at the FBI exhibited a pattern of bias in their handling of politically sensitive investigations and also reclassified cases without justification to substantiate the White, House public the White House's public narratives on crime and extremism. Beginning in late May, Iowa Republican Senator Chuck Grassley called attention to then-Washington Field Office Assistant, a special agent in charge. Oh my gosh, these titles are just so stinking long. Anyway, Timothy uh, Thiebold, who over pol political bias concerns. Uh, Thiebold, or I don't know, I really have no idea how you pronounce his name, but expressed support for several highly partisan opinions, opinion articles on LinkedIn 
and made a series of politically charged social media posts, according to Grassley, who referred Thibault to the Office of Special Counsel to address the federal agent's potential violations of the Hatch Act, which bars government officials from partisan political activity. Wow. Now, this is where it gets really interesting. A little further down in the article. Concerns surrounding Thebold escalated in July, just last month, folks, as whistleblowers came forward claiming Thebold's partisan persuasion directly impacted his work at the Bureau. While seeking approval from FBI Director Christopher Wray and Attorney General Merrick Garland to open an investigation into Trump's 2020 presidential campaign, uh, Thebold withheld from them that his predicating evidence was based in quote-unquote substantial part on information from a quote-unquote left-aligned organization according to Senator Grassley's office. So even before all of this came down, there were FBI whistleblowers going to members of Congress who are on key committees and they're basically ratting out their bosses, their supervisors, because they are not this great part, great nonpartisan. I mean, y y you can hear it in Merrick Garland's statement that, oh, we will not, we will not stand idly by and let people, you know, question the integrity of the Justice Department and the FBI. I said, really? Obviously. Because if anybody questioned them for the lies that they've already told, I mean, does anybody remember FISA? The FISA warrants that were issued under false pretenses because they, the FBI at the time, with James, who was James Comey was running it, uh, yeah, they lied. They lied about the original warrant. They lied about the extensions of the warrant, and they were using Christopher Steele's thoroughly full of crap dossier as their evidence for probable cause. And they lied when they said it was verified. I mean, straight up lied. Even Christopher Steele didn't defend his own dossier when he was under oath at a board of inquiry in London, I don't know how long ago. So yeah, you've got people in this FBI DOJ that are rotten to the core and frankly needs a full-blown shake-up. I mean, if that means you have to dismantle it and reconfigure it, because this whole top-down thing in Washington with people like Christopher Ray, who's a snarky SOB, and Merrick Garland, who is a feckless wuss, this is what the men and women of federal law enforcement have to put up with? I'm having a real problem with that. Because, I mean, even when J. Edgar Hoover was alive, he ran the agency for 50 years, and even though he was a serious mess, a cross-dresser, and got into all kinds of political blackmail with uh, Martin Luther King, the Kennedy family, other people. I mean, God knows how many 
senators, members of the House, cabinet level secretaries. I mean, the stuff that he had on them pretty much kept him in power for that 50 years. And he was not exactly the world's greatest, you know, he wasn't a, he wasn't a candidate for sainthood. But holy cow, what's going on now? This Trump derangement syndrome on steroids coming from Joe Biden, which, by the way, interests me. The one week where all hell breaks loose with the raid and everything, where is Clueless Joe? Living it up on a palatial estate on an island off the coast of South Carolina. So he's not in Washington. Where's the cackler? Kamala Harris, the supposed vice president, where is she? She hasn't been in Washington. She hasn't been seen. So really interesting that they picked this week to be sort of uh, out of town. You know, but hey, just saying, folks. Just saying. But oh yeah, that is just a whole new level of weird. And yes, even Kevin McCarthy, who wants the House Minority Leader, who wants to be Speaker after November, even he better understand really stinking clear that should the red tsunami come, and it's more likely every day, I mean, we're already seeing the results. Trump's Save America PAC, 24 hours after the raid, hit record fundraising and is still probably uh, raking in all kinds of money uh, for uh, the midterms for a 2024 run, which frankly, after this, it's going to happen. It, I mean, I'm not 99.9% .9 sure. I am now 110% sure he is going to run. The only question is, when does he announce? That is the one and only question that has not yet been answered. And frankly, I, you know, I mean, like the day he can, the very first day he can, because I know there's all these crazy rules with the FEC and so on, Federal Elections Commission, but the day he can safely announce, do it right in, do it right at Mar-a-Lago, do it right, in, right at Mar-a-Lago and say, I'm running for the President of the United States, and boom, it's game on. I mean, it's already been sort of game on, but it's now gone to a whole nother level. So yeah, you want to come after Trump? It's, I mean, it's already <laughs> paying huge dividends for him, not the government, not the DOJ, not the FBI. He's getting major league dividends out of this more money for fundraising. I mean, even the polls are turning in his favor. And even a poll, and I, and I hate to say this because living here in Florida, and I really appreciate the amazing leadership of Governor DeSantis, but even people who wanted him to run in 2024 for president, even they are understanding that after this mess, 
after this fiasco uh, I mean it's a cluster folks it's a major cluster and as much as I love Governor DeSantis it's not his time yet and I hate saying that but this is Trump's if this is Trump's to take the day he announces I'm running for president officially pretty much it just you wait for the coronation you wait for the Republican National Convention the primaries don't mean anything at this at that point it's just kind of like okay it's Trump and maybe somebody else who's crazy enough to try to unseat him uh, which I do not believe would be Governor DeSantis I really wouldn't believe that. I mean, he's got he he's a great governor down here, and he's still got work to do. And I'm totally all for that. And he he would make a great president, absolutely. I believe that with all my heart. But right now, unless President Trump names you as vice president, just be governor of Florida, be America's governor until such time as he's done and he can retire he and Melania going wherever with Barron uh, wherever in the world staying at Mar-a-Lago or what have you now of course people are going to say well what about Trump's age I mean Trump is 76 okay but I don't see anything right now that would stop him from running except you know made some kind of really bad health problem he is nowhere close to being Joe Biden nowhere close I mean he's mentally sharp he's tough I mean I don't how many people are praying for this man how many millions of people of faith not just in the United States but around the world I mean this man is probably the most prayed for individual I've ever seen in, in my life and yes there are going to be people who hate it blah 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 the woke Christians really you're useless and you know you're pretty much Satan's useful idiots and I have no time for you I, I just don't but still the polls the fundraising it's like Governor DeSantis I love you I'm voting for you uh, this November but sir if you're patient your time will come and you will make a fine president after President Trump and you can help I mean if anything if you are the vice presidential nominee you can help him clean out an awful lot of the swamp and as a, as a Floridian sir you know a thing or two about swamps and everything and swamp creatures so you can be a great ally and help to President Trump. And then when Trump is done, 2028 comes along, boom, there you are, positioned, ready to go. And to pick up where President Trump left off. But, I mean, my goodness, you've got whistleblowers, FBI whistleblowers, talking about this. You've got, oh my gosh, you're talking also... Uh, documents that were possibly taken um, that shouldn't have been taken so yeah this is pretty much craziness 
but oh my goodness but I'll I'll pick that up on tomorrow's program but I want to get into something else that really just fried me when I was looking through the news throughout the week and I'm going okay now the CDC who has been a regal pain in the arse for the last two plus years and making the lives of millions of Americans just absolute hell on earth just recently came out with new COVID-19 guidance and this story I found in the Epic Times and that was let's check it. oh yeah it was updated yeah yeah yesterday August 13th talking about these new guidelines and when you read some of it you just have to go really it took you two freaking years to figure this out I caramba so yeah just this part of the story just oh mercy um Let's see, yeah. The, the, the new Centers for Disease, Disease Control and Prevention COVID-19 guidance is the agency acknowledging it was wrong in the past to downplay natural immunity and promote unprecedented policies like asymptomatic testing, a California epidemiologist says. Now, this is, oh my goodness, I cannot pronounce this guy's name. I feel so bad. Bhattacharya. Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, who is a professor of medicine at Stanford, so not some, you know, fly-by-night guy, but apparently the new guidance that was released on August 11th, just a few days ago, rescinds and alters a number of key recommendations, including treating unvaccinated and vaccinated people differently for many purposes. Oh, really? Oops, hey Joe, uh, your patience didn't mean jack squat. We're not going to uh, pretty much bend over and grab the ankles just because you tell us to, you know, get a jab, keep your job. No, you were wrong then, you were wrong, you're even more wrong now. So no, I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, well, it's the unvaccinated's fault. I mean, really? really i mean you've got the numbers that say a whole different story unvaccinated people were getting sick less than people who were vaccinated and boosted and all that the vaccines are crap they're not as effective as everybody says they are not this not fauci not burks not the cdc not the nih Francis Collins, Walensky, none of you told us. And yet, here we have Pfizer, Moderna making major league bank off of something that wasn't nearly as effective as it said it was. Oh, and don't you know, I mean, with this, it's like, but now they're saying, oh no, we're... The government shouldn't reverse any of its mandates. I'm like, wait a minute. You, vaccinated and unvaccinated people are going to be treated equally. At least, that's what's supposed to happen. 
there is no more six feet social distancing and you know people well and now you're acknowledging natural immunity OMG folks we've got that's a WTF right there I mean you put people through hell businesses closed because of lockdowns and yet the state of Florida led the way and became a beacon of freedom because the lockdowns didn't work there was all kinds of unintended consequences by doing shutting down schools and having the government bend over and grab the ankles for the teachers unions and yet there was a blessing in disguise in that because now with parents having to stay home with their kids doing doing school they found out the absolute crap and the indoctrination that their kids were getting fed so there was one major blessing that came out of all that and now you've got you know that's a whole different story right there because the mama bears and the papa bears are still ticked now here in florida schools are starting uh, have already started or are starting probably this coming week all over the state in-person learning you know and then of course mask mandates it's mask optional in florida parents can say no yay wow what a concept parents actually have rights the fact that you even have to even make that an issue is kind of weird to me but given how the left loves control loves intimidation and manipulation which is straight up witchcraft yeah that that's pretty sad but listening to this from the cdc i'm thinking to myself are you kidding i mean are, are you really freaking serious we knew this probably before they did and people were not allowed to make up their minds and that just sucked it absolutely sucked even healthcare workers who are needed more who were needed more than anything it's like if they didn't want to get the jab I'm thinking to myself what do they know that folks who aren't medical professionals don't I mean they oh my 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 that is absolutely the nuttiest thing absolutely nutty but hey you know this is the Brandon administration and they love alternate realities I mean this is why CRT and gender identity is getting taught to your kids and in spite of your objections and in spite of the threats by school boards to have the FBI come after you hang tough moms and dads hang tough they're your kids they don't belong to the state do what you have to to protect them and teach them the way you want not what some crazy some crazy ass curriculum is trying to teach your kids that's just all messed up but just uh just one last thing today um next tuesday the 16th is going to be a fun day uh, i'll be doing uh, a live stream on locals on primary night two big primaries that 
a lot of people have been waiting for the Wyoming primary and the Alaska primary. Now, as far as Wyoming goes, I mean, it's interesting because now we're going to see not only Liz Cheney go down in flames, the real question is how bad? How, how bad does she go down in flames? Because according to the latest poll, she's down anywhere from 25 to 30 points. Her plea, her begging for Democrats to cross over may not be all that helpful because from January this year to August of this year, Democrat, registered Democrats in the state of Wyoming have gone down some 6,600 people. They're down. They're, they've, they've lost over 6,600 people. And Republicans, registered Republicans in Wyoming, have shot way up. I mean, way up. I, mean, I don't have the exact numbers, I'm sad to say, but it's substantial. It's not even a contest. It's really not even a contest. And in spite of people like uh, former Senator Al Franken giving her an endorsement and other people who are just messed up, you know, volunteering for her and all that, it's pretty much just, you know, call it a day, folks, because she's toast. Break out the butter and the jam. She's way toasted. It's just a question of how bad. But now in Alaska, this is going to be the interest. It's interesting for a different reason because this, I believe, will be uh, getting to decide, or at least we find out who is going to win the primary in the Republican ranks for the special seat, the special congressional seat, Alaska's one and only congressional seat uh, and Sarah Palin looks to be the front runner to get that and then also the real interesting one is going to be Lisa Murkowski rhino extraordinaire and pretty much her family running the Republican machine in Alaska versus Kelly Shabaka Trump endorsed newcomer and I don't I haven't even even seen the latest polling, but boy, is it going to be interesting to see what happens. I would love Shabaka to do to Murkowski what Carrie Lake did in Arizona. Carrie Lake, who was a rock star, by the way, when she appeared at CPAC just a couple of days, about two or three days after the election and she won the nomination, that place went absolutely bonkers when she showed up uh, along Media Row. It was crazy. I'm like, oh my gosh, you'd almost think that President Trump had showed up. But, oh man, that's going to be, it was wild. But that's an entirely different story, which I will get to hopefully at some point. But yeah, so Alaska and Wyoming are going to be two interesting primaries. And I will be doing a live stream on our locals page 
in black and white dot vocals dot com and doing some uh, coverage there and getting the results in uh, as soon as uh, we can get them so that's going to be probably starting uh, I think 8 p.m. Eastern even though it's going to be really interesting how it works because 8 p.m. Eastern makes it uh, about 6 p.m. Mountain Time in Wyoming and even more so in Alaska so it could be a pretty late night so one way or another I'll be getting you as much information as I can on primary night so my friends with that in mind thank you so much for listening to the first ever in black and white Sunday special I hope I don't have to do these too many times because well I just don't like to uh, really don't like to do work on Sunday but I will do whatever is necessary to get the job done and to get information to you guys so starting tomorrow uh, we'll be back for a brand new week of craziness and a whole lot of fun I hope so for now take care enjoy the rest of your weekend and always remember, patriots come in all colors.